with three Grammy nominations under his belt, four Academy of Country Music Awards, and six Country Music Association Awards, including securing their highest honor, Entertainer of the Year for the past two years in a row. Entertainer of the Year goes to... Luke Combs is not just a country star. He's a country superstar. Luke Combs! Combs started out like most modern-day country music hopefuls, playing in small bars back in his home state of North Carolina and then uploading videos to his Facebook and YouTube account hoping for his big break. He eventually moved to Nashville in 2014, where he continued pounding the pavement until that break came two years later when he got signed to Columbia Records and released his debut studio album, This One's For You, which made it all the way to number four on the Billboard Hot 200 and opened at number one on the Top Country Albums chart. Since then, his music has been streamed billions of times. He's collaborated with Ed Sheeran, Brooks and Dunn, and Eric Church, and he's only just getting started. This is The Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. And today, that's Luke Combs. Here's Eric Zachary. Luke Combs, how are you, man? Good, how are you? I am doing well. This is a conversation a long time in the waiting for me. Uh, I remember when Hurricane came out. I was working in country music in 2016. I was nice. like, I got to talk to this guy. I shifted careers a little bit. I was all over the place. And then here we are, man. So destiny, uh, baby, I, destiny. It's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, especially now more than ever. We've been knowing about Luke Combs, but now, man, I mean, this is like astronomical next level. <laughs> yeah, Everything pretty, that you have going on. Pretty right wild, now. man. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Touring as an artist is a necessary element in the music business, but there can be a fear around it especially when it's a big arena tour. Mainly, will the fans buy tickets and show up? Luckily, Luke Combs doesn't have to worry about that. So you have, I want to make sure I get this right, the largest world tour for a country artist ever. Record-breaking. Yeah, that's what they, that's what they tell me. I'm not, I, I think they, so. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I, th I think we're, we're right on that. So I want to ask you this. You know, when we all grow up, we have these conversations with significant others, friends, parents, cousins, whoever it may be like, where where could I travel to in the world? When you're starting to realize that this tour is not just a U.S. tour, it's not mm -hmm. even just a North American tour, maybe not even a London date. You're going to Australia, New Zealand, Denmark, Germany. Yep. What was a country that you're like, man, that'd be really cool if I could make it happen on this? Um, you know, I think it's wild for me. It's like, you know, those those Scandinavian countries are you know, we've never been there. Um, yeah. You know, we've been, this will be our, you know, fifth, fifth time in Europe and sure. the third or fourth time in Australia. Um, so we've kind of been, been over there, done those things. We haven't done a big tour like this though in those places, right? We're usually going over, um, and you know, doing a, you know, C to C or CMC, like they have big country festivals that kind of exist over there once a year. And so yeah. we've gone and done those things. Um, and we've done some touring on a smaller scale over there, but you know, I mean, we've never, you know, we're playing in France, you know, I'm like, never, we've never done that. Um, yeah. And just don't really know what to expect. I think, I think, and I think that's, what's exciting for us too, is like, there's not many like new or like first time experiences left. 
for, for us at this point, right? And um, not that that's a bad thing because we're super lucky to have done so many awesome things, but you also are like, man, we're going, you know, going and playing in places for the first time is pretty wild. Yeah. And, you know, doing it in arenas is, is just nuts, right? Like you play in an arena in Sweden, like what, you know, what do you expect from that? No I have an intern for the show that's uh, Swedish, actually, so she's going to love to hear this, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have a you have a great point, man, because country music, it is such a hustle. You do get so many reps in doing everything from radio runs to just music row to, you yeah. know, the same uh, rooms and then stadiums again and again and again, whether you're the the direct support or in your case, right. you know, the headliner. Mm -hmm. But now to kind of get those butterflies again, like, man, I, right. I almost forgot what this felt like. Right. You know, to go and to go over there and do those kind of things. And I think, you know, playing for um, a predominantly like non-English speaking audience is going to be interesting, too. Um, you know, because I talk a lot in my in my set <laughs> in between songs and, you know, like you kind of explaining, you know, well, this is how I wrote this song or this is, you know, where this comes from. And when I started doing this a couple of years ago, um, it was always just me in a guitar. Um uh, and a song that I had wrote or helped write. And, uh, I always like to do that every night. Uh, just to remind myself how this all started. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm very appreciative and very thankful of the things that I get to do every day. Um, if it wasn't for folks like you, I wouldn't be up here. If you guys weren't here, it wouldn't matter. And uh, I've always wanted to write a song. Uh, and I have written a few songs. Um, some I feel like are for you guys, some for my family, and some for both. And uh, this is one of those songs. Um, there are three main factors uh, of people who I am, am very thankful and grateful for. Uh, that being my parents, my fiance, and you guys. Um, and when I, was, when I was writing this song that day, um, that's just all that I could think about. Uh, this one's called Without You. Y'all check it out. So it'll be interesting to figure out how to navigate that. I'm excited about it for sure. As an avid golfer, Combs has a golf club in his hands almost as much as a guitar. He's even jokingly challenged DJ Khaled to play as the DJ producer has become an unlikely face of golf in the past year. DJ Khaled, let's go golfing. But when Combs is on tour, that doesn't mean he isn't still working on his swing. I'd be remiss not to ask about this golf sim that you bring with you. We just saw it at Gillette. <laughs> we saw the challenge to DJ Khaled. We saw the repost. Mm. Rather than getting into all that, I need to know, is the golf sim going overseas with you? I think so. I think it needs to, man. You know, I think it needs I think to. Need yeah. to get some reps in over there, you know. Um, Are we going to take advantage of some of the courses when you're like in uh, oh, Scotland, yeah. Ireland area? Yeah, definitely, man. And I'm, by the way, for the get this out there, I'm just absolutely trash at golf, by the way. Um, <laughs> so anybody that was like, his swing's not this or his thing's not yeah. that, um, you're right. It's not. Um, I've actually been... <laughs> having to, fun man that's been trying to learn how to play over kind of the last i don't know since this tour started really so kind of beginning of the year like march um sure. you know we've been going out to golf courses for you know three three four years now but i hadn't really taken a like a real lesson probably sure. but until in the last year so i would like to be better at golf i just had i didn't yeah. play growing up don't know anything about it so i'm starting from the ground up so yeah it's it's fun I, though 
when I play, I literally play from the ground up. There's mostly the turf in the air as yep. opposed to the ball. Yep. I'm sure you can relate. Uh, <laughs> yes. on, a, on a more serious note, though, with the golf, you know, because music started as as a hobby, as a passion for you, and now it's literally your job and, and you love it more than ever, I'm sure, but you still need a break from what you do every day for work. Is golf that for right. you, for these shows? Does that help you reset? I don't know. I, th- I think... Um you know, I, I do enjoy going. I look forward to going. Um, yeah. Now so more than ever because I've like invested mentally in like trying to be better. As to where before we would go and it was always like, this is what everybody does. They go and play golf and then they go to the yeah. show. And so I would go and then I was like, man, I stink, dude. Like I'm, you know, like, and I would get so frustrated because I'm really competitive and but then I realized I was like, well, I'm not even like really trying to get any better. Like I'm just expecting to be better because I go, which is not how it works. So now I'm invested in like why I'm bad and like how I'm bad. And so like, I see every time we go as an opportunity to like figure something out, or at least it feels like I can, I'm moving in the right direction at least. I feel like I'm making progress. So yeah, it is kind of another like challenge, you know, it's like another mountain to climb, so to speak. And I think that's a perfect metaphor that translates to your musical career too. Not that you were ever bad at it, but you were always so right. focused on how I can level up to the next next For stage. Sure. And here we are. I mean, For you sure. got Getting Old, which is a follow-up to an album that came out last year growing up. not easy to put consecutive albums out year after year yeah. just taking away the production side of it just the, the support and getting it out there to the people and, yeah. and making sure that you're giving each song and creation the time it deserves so i cannot give you enough accolades for that man and not only are we doing it we're, we're charting with it covering Tracy Chapman's iconic hit Fast Car in Concert, Combs only recently added it to his latest album, Getting Gold, and surprised even himself when his version went platinum and made it all the way to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. I don't know, you might have been talking about this a little bit. Uh, you did this cover that's, you know, doing pretty good yes. across uh, yeah. the world <laughs> yeah. right now. So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car, speed so fast to feel like I was drunk. Fast Car, of course, the uh, the original Tracy Chapman uh, hit. And dude, did you ever in your wildest dreams think like this is something that could chart? No, definitely not. Um, I remember when we went in to record it, it was like everyone was just kind of like, why are we doing this? Like, what? Like, yeah. what's the point of this? You know, and um, yeah. it was just I don't know. I just love that song. And it's been a huge, yeah. huge part of my life since I can remember, um, you know, riding around listening to it with my dad and probably one my first favorite song that I ever had honestly and um, when I taught myself guitar 12 years ago now uh, when I was 21 and um, that was like when I was good enough to play at all that was like the first song I was trying to learn and I would yeah. cover it for you know from time to time at my shows around yeah. around college and um, I don't know I just always loved it and uh, I just was like man we got time today in the studio and Let's do this. Why not? There's something to be said about that, too. Not that you want the I was right moment or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but just to be like, when people do question, like, why are we doing this? It's like, I don't know. I feel it. Like, let me just feel this out for a second. And then it goes on to do this. That's that's so cool. I know we're running a little on time. I want to get this out real fast. So you said Fast Car was one of the first covers that you learned when you got a guitar. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, is there any other covers that way back in the earlier career that you were you were rocking out? Um, gosh, man, anything like anything that was on country radio at that time was like I was I was doing. Um, I think like around that time, so that would have I was twenty one. That'd have been two thousand and eleven. So probably like Cruise, Florida Georgia Line. That was probably like. Yep. That song was slamming at that time. I'm sure I played that every night. It was probably my encore song every night for a yeah. long time. Um, but everything, man. We, we used to cover Bob Seger Night Moves a lot. I Anything that was, you know, anything that people were listening to on the radio at that time, especially doing those college gigs, is because that's what that's what people want to hear. You know, we were playing Thomas Rhett songs, and sure. you know, I mean, anything, anything that was on the radio that was a hit is what was in our set list. You know, that's that's great, and that's the perfect uh, I think note to end on because you know you were covering things like Cruise, which at the time was also genre bending, was ending up on pop charts. Look at you now too. Um, I will end with this quote from the Washington Post, a superstar who is shaping the future of the genre while also serving as one of its fiercest defenders. And I like that because you are defending country music, but you're also showing that it's it's still okay to blur genres, to do other things as well, while yeah. still practicing your passion. Yeah, man, I think, um, you know, I think country can be you know, as popular as anything else and still be as country as anything else too, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, like you, you look at, you know, you look at a, a Garth Brooks, man. I mean, biggest, biggest solo artist ever, you know? Yeah. I mean, so can't really argue with that. <laughs> yeah, not. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate, Appreciate it, bud. It. Thank you. To see more of this conversation, search Spell Podcast on all social networks and be sure to subscribe and follow. Plus, sign up at spoutpodcast.com to win tickets, merch, or even the chance to meet our guests. This episode of the Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media, written and narrated by Tamara Dia, produced by Mark Long, and created by Phil Becker. Spout.